Welcome to the BNA Catch Up podcast. Um, I'm Matty. I'm part of the team here, and I'm here with James. Um, and James, you spoke to us on Sunday from the final part of our Live, Love, Give, Go series, and this was the second week of us looking at Go. What yes. did you tell us about? <laughs> so I was about to start talking on what it means for us to go, and Where? then I found myself having stood at the front during worship and shared a couple of words of knowledge about people who might not, might need healing with a couple of people coming forward with pains in their left foot, which was one of the words that we'd shared. And so we prayed for them, and they knew that they were seen and known and loved because they uh, God could see their condition. Uh, Joe, what happened physically? You had something on your hand. So I, I wrote on my hand at 9.15, um, left foot, and two people came forward with pains in their left foot. And I was able to show them what was on my left hand because I'd written it there at 9.15. And, and just that thing helped them to feel like, well, yeah, that is confirmation that God yeah. sees my condition. So we don't know whether they experienced healing, but actually emotionally it, it, and spiritually, it was a good thing for them to see that. Amazing. And so I, that then gave me confidence at the end of worship to stand up and say, right, actually, this has happened. Um, God's on the move. Let's lean into this because mm. we trained people in how to do it in part one the previous week. We so did. we trained everyone of all ages to get involved in praying for healing. And again, we don't know that anyone experienced healing. But but as I said, actually, the, the arc of the new, uh, the, the, the new Testament bends towards suffering being the norm for human experience. But there is this strand that comes through it, which is about healing and about the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. And so we pray for healing because Jesus tells us to do, to do it, um, because it's part of the life of the kingdom and because it's a way of loving others. Um, and, and when healing doesn't happen, it doesn't mean that we stop praying for it or that we're um, somehow kind of disbelieving in God. It's just that suffering is part of human existence, mm. um, but healing is something that we pray for. Amazing. And we shouldn't have been surprised that we went there, yeah. but after the surprise edition, <laughs> um, which was amazing, and I, yeah. I, I had a chance to pray with my daughter, yeah. um, which, is, which is wonderful because her expectation level was raised because we taught it in part one Good. as a family the week before, so she yeah. believed that healing could happen yeah and so uh, as a as a parent that was great yeah. for me um but after the surprise not so surprising <laughs> addition to our yeah. morning you then came to speak to us um about what you planned to speak to us yeah. which was so um the previous week we said every story has a beginning a middle and an end and mm. we said that actually in um the story that we'd looked at the previous week paul had been trying to stop the church beginning middle had met with jesus and end had been spreading the church and then i reshared my story which um uh the kind of the 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 big in first encounter of my life with god um, where there was a middle was um, when I was 21, I was lonely and depressed. And one of my friends told me that I need to go to my room to pray and um, to believe that he would be there with me. And actually, I experienced God's presence in a way that I had never done before and his peace in the midst of what I was going through. And since that moment, uh, I've known deep inside me that I'm not alone mm. and that I um, I can have God's peace with me um, in the everyday stuff of life. And so we would just recap that for people who weren't there. And then we said that actually today we're going to look at what it means for us to have everyday stories. Mm. And we watched um, a video that told the story of Paul's experience in the city of Philippi um, when he was put in prison for something that he'd done. And then in the middle of the night when um, they were um, worshipping, the prison gates opened and they left. So 
we looked at that and said, well, Paul must have had a beginning and a middle and an end in that story. And the beginning was he was in prison. And to simplify it, we had peace. So I said, and then he praised. Right, we we love things that were the same and, letters. <laughs> so he was in prison. The middle um, was that he was praising and, um, and the presence of God came. Um, prison doors opened. And then the end was actually he was able to go back to preaching the gospel. Um, and so we got people thinking about what it means for us to have stories from our everyday lives of where we see God breaking into the beginning type situations where there's a problem. And so I shared actually from my life in the last year, there's been a lot of pain and sadness um, because of death and sickness. Um, and a few weeks to go now, I was sitting on a mountain um, in the Scottish Highlands with some friends and somebody shared that very story mm. from Paul's life. Um, and as, as part of the Bible study we were doing, and I, and I was just, that actually I needed to praise him in the night because <laughs> there's an example in Paul's life actually when I'm feeling at my most sad and um, uh, when the lights are off and, um, and and it's night time I need to praise him and seek his presence um, and and that actually since I've I've heard that story and seen how God can work in that I've I have experienced his his peace in those times but then also in the mornings and I shared how actually when I don't do it I then mm. wake up the next morning and often I, I'm kind of carrying an anxiety and a sadness and it's like what what I've taken to to bed with me funnily enough is there in my mood the next morning yeah. um and actually I, I can see how um that peace then translates into a kind of a perseverance to deal with the the sadness and the grief that we're experiencing which kind of is in keeping with Romans 5, right? Yeah. Suffering produces perseverance yeah. and perseverance character and character hope. But I kind of was getting stuck in suffering and not getting to perseverance. And it seems to me like the, the route for God through from suffering to perseverance was actually um, praising him in, in the place of pain. So it's not a physical prison, yeah. but actually it's a bit of an emotional point of being stuck for me. Yeah. And freedom comes from praising him in in the dark times and experiencing his presence amazing and um uh, what would your kind of for everyone in part one <laughs> what's um what would have you know if, what's your encouragement like what what if we're going to apply this to our yeah, lives yeah. in the week yeah what is the thing that you want us all to so, hear? so um wendy brilliantly got up and said actually i can't think that quickly basically i, d I don't have she was leading with me i don't have a story like that straight away so the encouragement is, well, if you don't have a story straight away as you're thinking about it, th then ask God, you know, what what's the point of weakness? What's the point of, what's the beginning of a story mm. where um, you are at work, God, in the middle? Yeah. Um, or what has, you know, if you have got one, um, how's he brought a, a middle and an end to that story? Mm. And then to be looking for others who are going through um, the same or similar circumstances mm. who have a beginning, but because they don't know Jesus, they don't have yet a middle and they don't have an end. And to connect with them in that beginning and and not to come with your answers because mm. it's not your answer, it's his grace. <laughs> yeah. um, to, to be able to listen to what they're looking for and yeah. to be able to share what um, uh, what God has done in your life. Amazing. Um, and if... Anyone's listening who's not accustomed to how our mornings roll on a Sunday <laughs> at BNA, we split our gathering together into part one and part yeah. two. Part one, we're all together. We're, we're going in on the same yeah. subjects for all ages. And part two this week, um, kids and youth are both on. Um, and the adults stay together for Little Into Big, where we hear 
a bit of a deeper dive often yeah. into the same word um, and and sit with our little churches and and talk this through in real world um, examples. So mm. um, what did you, where did you take the talk in part two? <laughs> well, I started off by um, giving an intro around what it means for us to follow Jesus together and make a difference in the lives of others. And I said, yes. actually, those um, words are not just a slogan. It's a reality that's expressed and it's a reality that's guided by certain scriptures that have been part of our life together forming us as a community so mm. i said actually and um, we want to be directed in everything we do which is why we talk about unless the law builds the house the laborers work in vain which mm. is from psalm 127 and mm. then actually it's not we don't want to be a church that's done by force of personality or by um tenacity it's not by power nor by might but by god's spirit mm. um, and then and then actually we want to make sure that everything we do is rooted and grounded in him, which is why we talk about the fact that it, Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. And apart from him, we can do nothing. And, and so those verses that we repeat are actually expressions of, of that thing that we say on yeah. our website and in our lives together, that we're following Jesus together and making a difference in the lives of others. <clears throat> and, and then I kind of reintroduced the, the, the series that we've been going through, which puts I guess some texture on those verses and makes them practical for mm -hmm. us so actually we want to live a life of prayer we want to love others as family we want to give our lives away and we want to go and share yeah. and, and actually in a world where um, people are increasingly disconnected um, at, from God and um, introspective um, actually living a life of prayer is a really important part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and yeah. and um, keeping a daily rhythm of prayer is really important. And in a world where we are seemingly intolerant and incapable of living alongside people who think differently to us, actually loving others as family is a really countercultural activity. Um, and making sure that we keep a practice of weekly church is really important because it enables us to grow into what it means to be mature disciples of Jesus, living with difference, understanding mm. our own sin in relation to one another and yeah. growing into holiness. And then um, actually in a world driven by greed, being a people who are giving our lives away and, and the practice there for us is a monthly tithe, giving away 10% to the local church and then other stuff on top of that to, mm. to charities actually is saying we're a people who want to live sacrificially yeah. and, and generously in a world fueled by greed. And then finally, actually, in, in a world that says, well, you do what you want to do, um, you do it your way, um, we're learning to be a people who say we know someone who said he is the way. Yes. Um, and so we want to go and share the good news of Jesus with others. And we're working out how to do that. Yeah. We haven't got it nailed. No, yeah. um, and so actually, I, I try to bring a summary of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, which isn't just a fad. This is part of this. We've been talking about this for four or five years yeah. at BNA. And we're trying to work out how to do that. And, and I hope we'll be talking about this in four or five years more um, in the future. And, and it's not saying that we have the secret source, we have the code, we have the silver bullet. It's just this is language that expresses what it means for us to follow Jesus together and make a difference now yes. in this setting, in this part of the world. So if you go to a different church, they'll have hopefully other language that makes sense for them as they seek to work out what it means for them to be Christians wherever they are. And that's the beauty of our faith um, as it expresses itself in different languages and different culture, that we might be able to take what it means for us to be a disciple and, and meet with somebody, you know, as you will at some point next year, maybe meet disciples in India, Matty, mm -hmm. and, and you'll be able to, to explain 
in your language what it means for you to follow yeah. Jesus as they will in theirs, and yeah. there will be commonality. Yeah. It's just that the language is different. Great. And you brought to us a passage from 1 Corinthians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that so, right? So um, I, I then said, well, actually, we, we sometimes we ground that um, in... Um, you know, thinking about go in terms of Jesus' instructions or in stories from Acts, but actually we, I said we're going to go to 1 Corinthians because that's a moment where you've got somebody a bit further down the line um, who's recapping on how he came to that place in, in Corinth and um, recalling to them um, the attitude with which he came. So, Matty, do you want to read it to us? Of course. So 1 Corinthians 2 says, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm getting my Anglicanism. I'm learning. <laughs> so um, when we look at that passage, the temptation for us as Christians is to go, well, that's that's Paul. Yeah. He was a one-off. Yeah. Um, at best, in any public setting, the vicar is the person who's got the best chance of being like him, so we don't need to learn anything from yeah. this. It's but a great excuse. Lots yeah, of yeah. us try to carry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, um, it makes for a very passive approach to yeah, listening, that, yeah. but but actually the the there is an example in this that speaks of who Jesus is and how the church is to behave mm. um, that we would do well to listen to. Mm. And I just want to unpack that now as I hopefully did yesterday. Um, so we live in a broken world. Yes. We live in a broken world. So um, last week, um, the brokenness of our political systems were there for everyone to see. Um, 90 million people have been forcibly displaced from their homes and are living in a place that they would not call their home right now, yeah. somewhere on this planet. Yeah. Um, we have people who will be choosing between eating and heating yeah. this winter. Right now, they're not choosing about heating because it's really hot, isn't it? Um, but th that choice is, is coming and it's not far no. down the line. Um, we have uh, um, we had a hospital near us closed because of um, the threat of COVID. So we're not fully out of the woods when it no. comes to the pandemic. Um, and we have an epidemic of mental ill health um, in our country. Exacerbated by the experiences of the last two years. Yeah. Um, but then, um, so we can think about those things as being out there, as in out in the world or on our screens. Mm. Um, but the reality is that these stories are coming closer and they're coming into the places where our little churches are serving. So I said, you know, in, in the last week I've spent time with somebody who um, had been left on the doorstep of an orphanage and um, had, that that is a defining moment in his life. Mm. And um, 24 hours before that, I was talking with somebody who had woken up um, a few months ago to the sound of a bomb landing, what, was um, then determined as 50 kilometers away from where she was sleeping at the time in Gosh. Ukraine. So yeah. um, uh, the, the stories that are out there, as in on our screens, are coming closer to us. But then if we're honest, actually, we as Christians um, know that we're sinful. So we know that we consent in this world that is broken. We have and are still contributing into its 
brokenness. Yeah. So the, the brokenness that is out there, out there on our screens, is also in here, in our hearts. So we live in a broken world, and we want to see it change. And the danger is that we can think, well, um, in a political moment where, where um, a prime minister has been removed, we think, ah, yeah, okay, well, if I were prime minister, I would do this, this, yeah. and this. Um, and then it's not too long into that personal manifesto that we yeah. um, contemplate that we realise actually the problems are so big <laughs> that the next prime minister isn't going to be able to fix those. What we really need is an Avenger from the Marvel Indeed. comic um, films. Um, now, um, a superhero to save the a day. superhero to save the day, uh, and actually, people will um, uh, sociologists will say that our films tell us something about ourselves. Indeed, <laughs> and, and that the you know so so when after nine eleven, there's a whole load of films about America being destroyed. They're playing out something on their films that's going on in their heart yeah. and their anxiety, and there's something about the prominence of superhero films that tells us about our own need for somebody to come and fix the problems that we face mm. in our world and um so i i think we have um something in our psyche that tells us that we need a hero yeah. um and then there's something in our psyche that if we're not careful as christians can then translate into the way that we go okay because we know that the world needs a hero and then actually maybe we're that hero for yeah. that situation and so we want um something to happen powerfully in the world and then maybe we're the answer to it so i told a story about how um at one of our um little churches last week somebody needed a lunchbox for two of their children and within a split second my phone was out and i was trying to find trying to fix the problem trying to right? fix the problem and there's nothing wrong with fixing the problem but the problem actually was what was going on in my heart that i was desperate to fi fix the problem fix, fix the problem yeah. um and and because I was coming with a with a hero mm -hmm. attitude um, and coming to fix things um, uh, rather than actually, uh, and then the danger is that if you come alongside that, there are people who are who are coming to you in weakness, and you come along with a desire to fix them, then actually there are going to be problems that you can't fix. Yeah, um, and you're eventually going to. Or gonna it's not your role to fix sometimes as well. Out. Yeah. And so I was critiquing in myself and in us as a, a church that we can we can end up coming as like um, mini Avenger superheroes, right. <laughs> um, mini and Avengers. Lycra, I like it um, uh, to to save people and to fix them yeah. um, uh, because we want a demonstration of power, but it, we end up coming in God's power. Oh, sorry, in our power rather than God's, oh, power. God's power. So then the question is, how do we come in God's power? God's power. So that's um, Paul says in verse four of one Corinthians two that he comes. He came in a demonstration of the Spirit's power, but it's in the previous verse that we see something of how that might happen. Yeah. He says, um, "I um, I came to you in weakness." You want, can you read that verse? So verse three. Like, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Which, if you know Paul's story, is likely to happen wherever he goes. Um, but but is also um, you can say that cynically. But actually, it's a, an attitude with which Jesus sends out his disciples. So he says, you know, don't take a purse with you when yeah. when, when you go. Um, and um, and we we see um, through Acts a, a weakness to the way in which people are 
sent out, and, you know, silver and gold have I none, but this I have, yeah. Jesus of Nazareth. Um, uh, Peter and um, and John say it, the uh, the beautiful gate to the 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 guy who was paralysed. And um, so there's a weakness in which the church has gone in following the instructions of Jesus, and um, so it, really that that's an example for us to remember that we we are to go into weakness in 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 our weakness to others and um, that's the way in which jesus teaches us to go and, and in fact paul says in the second letter to this church in corinth um uh, that he's reminded that god's grace is sufficient because his power is made perfect in his weakness and if we think back to part one of um, this Sunday where we were talking about a beginning and a middle and an end to the story, actually, we're, we're wanting to bring, bring, bring our beginnings to people, mm. uh, our point of weakness to people, yes. so that um, we can see where God has been at work, where he has turned up, where he has provided, where he has moved, and so that our end is, is rooted in our weakness being strengthened, being resolved by his power at work so we want to see his power at work but actually too often we end up going in our power rather mm-hmm. than in our weakness yep. which paves a way for his strength to be at work uh, and so the invitation for us as christians is not only just to be um not avengers um, <laughs> uh, um as we go um superheroes um but also i said not like dad's army characters who um if Great you don't sitcom. know um <laughs> dad's army it's a sitcom about a bunch of um, uh, predominantly older guys who are part of the Home Guard during the Second World War in the UK, and they are protecting the home front. Um, yeah. And um, they're often pretending that they are stronger and better than they actually are. Yeah. And sometimes as Christians, we can go and think that we need to be something that we're not. And so we cover up the fact that we're weak by pretending that we're being strong. We play dress up. We play dress up. Um, but the invitation is to go as weak. Okay. Um, neither as an Avenger nor as a member of Dad's Army. Um, so then the question is how do we do that yeah what does what does going in our weakness actually look like and and how and how do we do it so um in the previous verse to that in verse two matty paul says Uh, in verse two it says for i resolved to know nothing while i was with you except jesus christ and him crucified so the way to understanding our weakness and to making sure that we continue to go in weakness is to resolve to know Christ Mm. and him crucified. Now, in that very statement, we have two key things that we need to understand. The first is that in the presence of God, we become aware of our weakness. Mm. So I gave the illustration of a point where I sang in a a concert with a few choirs singing together. And um, the choir that I was part of was a reasonably good choir, but we were used to singing in quite a light, tight sound in a chapel that had a wooden roof. And so it was well-disciplined, but not um, particularly loud. And I was 21 at the time, and I stood next to a guy who was twice my age who was used to singing on a daily basis in St. Paul's. And um, when the first chord sounded, I felt like I was 13 again, Mm. standing next to this whopping great big foghorn um, (laughs) of a singer who had a huge and magnificent voice. And I became aware of my weakness in the presence of his greatness and strength. And so there is an extent to which we we all know that experience as humans, where we come across people who are just bigger and better or 
you know, whatever it is. And we, and we, by comparison, become aware of our weakness. And, and there's, you know, Moses in the presence of God. Yeah. Um, you know, all the way through the Bible, there are stories of people coming into the presence of God and being aware of their weakness and their sin yes. before him. Um, so when, when we be- become aware of God's presence, we become aware of our weakness. So I resolve to know Christ and him crucify resolve to know christ actually as we resolve to know god we become aware of our weakness and his greatness mm. and him crucified and, and that's key that actually the god who we come to know is god who came to us in weakness in yeah. in the manger but who um who saved us in yeah. weakness upon the cross and as we become aware of him and of his saving work and of his grace and his mercy for us we become aware of our weakness, yeah. which then means that we go to others, not in our strength or in our full strength, mm. but in our weakness. So for me, practically, that meant last week um, going to one of our little churches and, and sitting with somebody and just being aware that I was in pain and this guy was also in pain because i knew his story and starting a conversation with him knowing that actually i needed to share what was going on for me honestly Mm. um and that led to him sharing what was going on for him honestly and then us being able to talk about what was happening in that part of our stories and by the end of the conversation i ended up talking about jesus um and that was a real lesson for me and and I held out before people the example actually of Ellen, our youth worker, yeah. who she wouldn't mind me saying is not the hippest, coolest young youth worker. Um, she is totally at ease with who she is. And when she is with our young people, she loves them yeah. and cares for them. And when she speaks, they listen to her. She doesn't pretend that she's something that she's not. Mm. She goes unguarded, Mm. undefended, as she is in her weakness to them, and they receive her. And it's a beautiful thing. And and that's an encouragement, I think, to all of us to think about how we go to our places of work, to um, the places that God sends us as disciples, whether that's serving food to people who are hungry or sitting with people who are lonely or being family to people who are a long way from home or providing for people who don't have what they need when we go to those places going as people who are weak we're not going to fix them we're not going as superheroes we're going as people who know what it is to resolve to know christ and him crucified and therefore everything we have for them is god's gift to them amazing um and to just to i kind of i guess hold up some of the mirrors that james you consistently and constantly talk to um those around you of making sure that god is in the middle of the stories we share and the testimonies we share right yeah something we we talk about a lot as a staff team but but also as just a team at bna um and and sitting here and listening again for the second time to the <laughs> same talk actually just really a way that when we um when we try to go in our own strength what we end up doing is pushing God out of the middle. Yeah. And so what we end up accidentally sometimes doing when we share testimonies that are good stories and not God's stories, it's the same thing as when we go in our own strength. We just actually we just don't leave the space. We just try and push God out of the middle. Yeah. Back. So that's been really encouraging to hear uh, again for me. Uh, yeah. And I think what 
so when I wrote the talk, I got to the end and I thought, well, how do I, how do I resolve to know Jesus? Mm. Is this just about my discipline? <laughs> Is this a talk for me? Um, and and actually, that's just um, as Paul says to the church in Galatians that that's just finishing in the flesh what was started in the spirit. Okay, yeah. Um, or as one other um, thinker put it, actually, it's just law, and then grace. We're saved by grace, and then another law on top of that grace. And and, and nobody needs that. No. <laughs> so. Um, it's it's grace that led us safe thus far and grace will lead us home. Yeah. Actually, when we resolve to know Christ, our, our resolve is just in response to his resolve. That he, um, uh, he resolved to know us. Um, we are his prize. Mm. Uh, you are his prize. Um, and the more we resolve to know him, the more we become aware of his grace, the more we become aware of his kindness and his mercy to us. And so then everything that we bring to him is just him and his his work in us. So this isn't a call to the ill discipline to become more disciplined, mm. because all that's going to happen is you're going to become more like the older brother. Um, uh, actually, it's for all of us to receive him, um, the son, the, the true son who came for us mm. to rescue us that, that we might resolve to know him out of his resolve for us that then means that we go to others in weakness um, and in demonstration of the spirit's power not as paul pretending that we're apostles when we're not mm. but doing the things that christians do um james would you pray for us yeah Father, thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Yes, thank you that you do not ask us to do, um, uh, to, to wear Saul's armor, to do the things that are not for us to do, but you order our steps and you um, want us just simply to follow you yeah. and, um, and to make a difference in the lives of others. And so we pray that um, wherever you send us, um, we would know that we can go um, in weakness seeking your power to be at work yeah. but out of that deep resolve to know you thank you that in all of this the deepest resolve is that you resolve to know and love us amen amen thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>